The Cinesnob Podcast is brought to you by Alamo Draft House. Yo, Cody. Yo, J-Rod. Hey, Thursday. This coming Thursday, December 3rd, Alamo Draft House Park. I'm sorry, Alamo Draft House Stone Oak. I screwed it up right off the bat, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> it's best to get it out of the way early. <laughs> Alamo Draft House Stone Oak National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Movie Party. Is uh is is Christmas Vacation one of the uh, seminal uh, holiday classics to you? Um, I'll let you know if I ever watch it. Oh my, have we have we had this conversation before? I feel like I we haven't have. seen any of the vacation movies. Mother, you saw the newest one. Yeah, I saw the Ed Holmes version. Motherfucker, how can you not have seen at least oh. in passing Christmas Vacation? I don't know. It 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 skipped me. I mean, I, it came out in what like eighty five. No, uh, eighty nine. Oh, but I the mean year, the year of my birth. Well, yeah, but the fact is that it's become, along with a Christmas story, probably the holiday uh, classic. You know, the modern holiday classic. I mean, it's hard to avoid. I mean, there's. I've never seen it on TV. I don't understand that. This well, is you know blo- what? this is blowing me away. <laughs> Have you seen a Christmas story at least? Yeah. Okay. But Christmas Vacation, no one in your family I, – I feel like we've had this conversation before, probably like a year I feel ago. Like, I feel like we have this conversation like once a week with something. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, you saw Home Alone. That's yeah. like only a year newer. Yeah, but isn't Christmas Vacation like a like not as much for kids as Home Alone? Well, yeah, probably. I mean it's rated PG-13 as opposed to PG. But uh, just the fact that it's been on – TV so so much. I mean, it's probably on right now somewhere on Pluto TV. <laughs> on Pluto TV, yeah. I oh, no, th- no free plugs. <laughs> I think uh, I I want to say either last year or the year before Netflix added it to their Christmas rotation. Okay. Um. Anyway, God, this is uh, of course the uh, the modern holiday classic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Probably the last one anybody really, really liked. Uh, well, I guess so, because Vegas Vacation came after that, and uh, then the new vacation everybody but me fucking hated. Uh, but anyway, this is on uh, this coming Thursday, December 3rd. It is a movie party. That means there's props. We don't have uh, a list of what the props are, but it will be more fun than a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club, according to the copy here. Is that a reference? That's a reference to the movie. This is such a it has such a great cast too. Uh there's uh like filling out the the small roles like uh Brian Doyle Murray plays uh Chevy Chase's boss and uh Juliette Lewis is uh the daughter in this go around is Audrey. Johnny Galecki is uh Rusty. Oh, man, I, I can't I, it's like I'm talking to myself here. Like you kind I of can't, are. I cannot. Oh, it blows me away. You haven't seen this. It really does. Like it's 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 ruining my night. Like I was having a good night until now. So uh, maybe you should go out to this uh, Alamo Draft House movie party at Stone Oak, six thirty p.m. December third. Tickets are twelve dollars. You can get them online at drafthouse.com. Let's go ahead and start the show. In a world filled with movie podcasts, three critics from the juggernaut media market of San Antonio decided to change the entire course of the internet. A feat attempted by many and conquered by many. To produce a relatively listenable podcast, 
devastating truth bombs. Brace yourselves, guys. The Muppets are puppets. You know that, right? <laughs> no! Wait! Okay. Okay. no! They're puppets. No, and <laughs> Muppets are puppets. This is kind of <laughs> Hard facts. Yeah, not Kevin Feige or Feig, whatever, but... I think it's Feige. Is it really? I have no idea. <laughs> Asking the important questions. What is that? What, what was that that I just saw right now? It was like a fat Iron Man. That's it's a Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster Hulk armor. That's, that's, that's how a he fights fat the Iron Man. <laughs> this is the Cinesnob Podcast. So, did you eat a lot of turkey for Thanksgiving, Cody? Yeah, I had two different Thanksgiving dinners on consecutive days, and then I have leftovers yesterday, and I finally had to take a break today before I go back to the final bits of leftovers tomorrow. I didn't have uh, – I just had one dinner with my my family out in my cousin's place in Hondo, Texas, which is quite a drive for me now from Austin. Uh, but I didn't take any leftovers home from there. But I did have some leftover uh, turkey pot pie, which was really good. That's one of my favorite things. It's it's a more modern thing I've done is uh, having turkey pot pie leftovers after Thanksgiving. You ever you ever made a pot pie? Uh, I have not made a pot pie. Have you eaten a pot pie? I have had a pot pie or two in my day. Like uh, only the frozen kind, or have you ever had one like somebody made? Like- I don't. I don't think I've had like a freshly made uh, pot pie. But I, I don't know. It's I don't love pot pies. I think I just want to keep saying that. Um, <laughs> I don't love pot pies because I don't like like the like the, the peas and carrots in there. Hmm. Like I like peas and carrots, but maybe not in my pot pie. What about the potatoes? I don't know that I've had a pot pie with potatoes. It just depends on which bag of mixed veggies you get. Yeah, that's usually you know you go buy that cheap ass bag of mixed veggies that you wouldn't eat otherwise. And just, just dump, dump that, in. dump that in a pot pie, and so, so to give some semblance of like nutritional value in your dough and <laughs> in your gravy and <laughs> and dough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a bunch of starch, and there's a a pea that's been just frozen and destroyed and baked, and that you're gonna like eat around anyway. <laughs> you're just gonna like, nah, just mush in your mouth, and <laughs> <coughs> um, I I have also. Uh, uh, taken to um, having uh, like all my stuff mixed together lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're one of those people, but like on my Thanksgiving plate, it's just a big pile of mush. It always reminds me of KFC and then the Patton Oswalt uh, bit about <laughs> the KFC bowls. I, I love Patton Oswalt, but he is dead fucking wrong on the famous bowl. <laughs> you know, when the famous bowl first came out, it was, I, I was it. Thought it was the most amazing thing I had ever had. It's really good. I know it's good. They've uh, every now and then he never says that it's bad. He just says that it's (laughs) it's it's the food of a child. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, he he does uh, call it like the darkest thing in human history or something, doesn't he? He he calls it a failure pile and a sadness. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, they uh, I don't know if they've done it lately, but in the past year or so, they've. uh, Occasionally modified the famous bowl. Yeah, like they threw like chives in there once. Like, ooh. and they also have. <clears throat> have you tried their pot pie? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I've been wanting to order one, but I can never justify it. I haven't gone. Pot pie is a colder weather thing for me, mm. so maybe I should go now because it is kind of cold. 
So do you prefer the Daryl Hammond or the Norm Macdonald Colonel Sanders rendition? Uh, I like the uh, Norm Macdonald. I don't know that they've – I can't remember all any but one of the Daryl Hammond commercials. They were they were weird. I, I wonder if what the end game of that campaign is. I, I assume they're just going to rotate people in and out for the like, end of time. Is Will Ferrell going to show up eventually as Colonel Sanders? I feel like that's the end game. Uh, maybe I feel like, I feel like they're going to keep, it's got to be someone older though. Like, like maybe they'll keep doing SNL people. So maybe like, well, um, on, I mean, Will Ferrell's SNL. Well, I, well, I mean like older, like maybe like Dana Carvey or something will be the next. Yeah. I'm not a, not a fan. Yeah, me neither. I mean, Wayne's world is great, but anyway. So, uh, did you do lots of black Friday shopping? I did. Um, not as much as usual. I, let me be honest here. I don't like it as much now that it's all spread out. Yeah. Um, cause I don't like going out on Thanksgiving day. I mean, I did, I went out at like 10 o'clock or nine o'clock, but, uh, I preferred it in the morning. And I mean, look, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Like, Oh, you're part of the problem. Like, yeah. I want this cheap ass TV though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, as, as you and I have found out with the advent of, uh, Amazon now, you can almost, Totally bypass the black. I hate Friday. that. I hate that damn service so much. <laughs> I can't stop. I don't know how many different things you you messaged me this weekend, this long weekend that you were buying from Amazon yeah. Prime. Now, I, man, I just I think I think I've made like five or six orders at this point I within ha- like a three or four week span. I did buy. Um, Amazon had this uh, dirt cheap Kindle Fire tablet. Yeah. For $35. So I bought one from Amazon Prime now and had it delivered that day. I and didn't do Thanksgiving Day like you, you fucking sadist. Dude, I, I ordered <laughs> I ordered a TV <laughs> for a, a cheap-ass TV from Amazon Prime now, and it was at my doorstep in 90 minutes. Like, I can't – and I didn't have to leave that. I didn't have to leave. Now, that was on Black Friday. On Thanksgiving Day, I ordered um, I ordered a Roku. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, on, literally on Thanksgiving morning, I ordered a Roku and had it delivered. <laughs> Some poor son of a bitch had to deliver you a goddamn a, like a fourth or fifth streaming box to your house. <laughs> something something I absolutely do not need in any way. I had uh, well the the tablets that I ordered uh, I I made the purchase on Thanksgiving day, but I had it delivered the, uh, the on black Friday. And I was, I was coming back from San Antonio and I had scheduled the delivery for like two to four. And they were at my door. Like they called me because I wasn't there at like one thirty, So they were on top of their fucking game on black wow. Friday. Uh, and the tablet's actually pretty decent for a, $35 Amazon tablet. Um, not that I needed another tablet, but sometimes you just want to dick around with a new toy. Hey, that's why I bought the Roku. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Roku, uh, but you bought a Roku TV. Yeah, I bought a Roku the f- one day and then I bought a Roku TV the next. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is, I, I, that Roku TV was tempting, but I literally Man. don't need any more TVs. But I actually, I, to be honest, I had a, I have a good excuse for the Roku TV, which was that, um, which was that I wanted a TV in my bedroom, but I didn't want to get another cable box. 
So I bought the Roku TV that has um, all the channels and the Time Warner app on it. So now I can watch TV in my bedroom without having to pay the extra 10 bucks a month or whatever for another box. So it has everything that you're subscribed to? Yeah. It's got uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, I mean, Time Warner. I mean, HBO. Time Warner wise. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, not every single channel, but it's got most everything. Like, oh, you were telling me the sports channel's not there. Fox yeah, the, the Fox Sports isn't on there, but it's got all the local channels. Um, it's got uh, like all the movie channels that I have are on there. Um, I haven't been able to to not find anything important so far. So, what a strange world. Hey, Jared, what episode is this? Oh, hey, this is episode seventy of the Cinesnob podcast, and I'm Jared Kingery. And I am Cody Viafania. And Kiko Martinez could not join us tonight because yeah, he's he, uh, on assignment. He's uh, still uh, in a turkey coma. Black Friday shopping. What are you going to Cyber Monday shop? <sighs> Do you have anything else you need to buy? Probably not, but I saw that the Tobin Center is having a huge sale. Oh, I got that email too. Were they selling tickets? Yeah, it's up to 50% off of tickets for like 50 different shows. So I saw like the Stephen Wright show is on there. Maybe I'll <laughs> uh, I'm going is. to see. Uh, did I, I think I'm – is it – oh, no, that's not there. Never mind. I won't give him a free plug then. Okay. I was going to say I was going to see Brian Regan, but that's it. Majestic. I have – I like the I've, Majestic. I've, I respect Brian Regan, but I'm not a huge fan. I uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Um, I have the special recorded that he did, but I'm not going to watch it because I assume it's the same material. Like he did a live special on Comedy Central like a month or two ago. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He yeah. But uh, obviously, I, I assume it's the exact same material, so I don't want to. I don't want to see it before. Yeah, it's when it when is it? January, January ninth or something like that. One time I made a mistake. Um, I saw that. <laughs> Um, John Mulaney had, uh, I remember you telling me the story. Yeah. John Mulaney had, uh, he was doing new material and he hadn't come anywhere around us. And why would he come to San Antonio? So, um, there were some dates in Austin and I was like, I can't make that Austin day, but I want to see this material. So there was a YouTube bootleg, a pretty good one, uh, of audio only of his new set. So I listened to it. I liked it. And then maybe two days later, they announced a show in San Antonio, and you and still so went, right? I still went, and by and, but it was a couple months afterwards, so I had forgotten most of the jokes, and uh, was able to enjoy it. You were and in the then, front row. I was in the second row. Oh. Yeah, and uh, it's on Netflix now. It's called The Comeback Kid. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, I've heard that's good. Um, it's not as good as New in Town, but it's pretty pretty damn good. I love John Mulaney. Yeah. Well, y'all look the same, basically. Yeah. And maybe next week I can talk about. It. I got an article in the current coming out this week of the um, of the Bill Murray Christmas special on Netflix. Oh yeah, man! There's so much stuff on Netflix I need to watch. Between the Zizanzaris thing, the with mm-hmm. Bob and David, uh, the have uh, you seen Jessica Jones yet? I haven't seen Jessica Jones yet. Um, that thing is getting crazy good reviews from people that don't know anything about comic books that I've that I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, <sighs> I I don't think it's anywhere close to as good as Daredevil, but that's just me. That's because you're not a feminist. You're one of these misogynistic men. Yeah, I'm like, where's the men? You need to mansplain everything. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still stiffing the Amazon Prime people on tips, you prick? 
<laughs> no, that's you. <laughs> I've, tip I've, I've, I've tipped everyone. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't throw me under the bus. I'll throw you right back. <laughs> I've tipped every single Amazon Prime driver that has come to me. Yeah, I, t- I tip – I don't tip like on the price because they don't know what the fucking difference is. It's not like food, you know, like if I'm ordering a shitload of food and, you know, but when I ordered my smartwatch, it's like recommend the tip $13. Like, mm -mm, no, yeah, no, this thing is like, it's, you can carry it in your pocket. So Amazon Prime now drivers are listening to us like, such hey, a, fuck you, assholes. This is such a privileged show. We're just talking about like, yeah, I bought all this shit I don't really need. And, and, and they want us to tip $13? I mean, come on. Dicks. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. What do you say? Ah, let's do it. Here are this week's reviews. All right, first up, we've got Creed. This is taken from the 10th round of the first fight, right? Good call. How'd you know that? I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo. Behind closed doors. That true? How'd you hear about that? Who won? It's kind of a secret. What'd you say your name was? Don. Okay, well, the girl said you wanted to talk about something? Yeah, I want to talk to you about training me. Training? I don't do that stuff no more. Sorry about that. Listen, it's getting kind of late, kid, so I'm going to uh, close up. How good was he? Apollo? Yeah, he's great. He's a perfect fighter. Ain't nobody ever better. So how'd you beat him? Time beat him. Time, you know, takes everybody out. It's undefeated. Anyway, I got a lot. So when up. Mickey died, he came and talked to you, right? Talked you out of quitting. Took you to L.A. Trained you. Brought you back. How do you know all this? How do you think? What are you, like a cousin? He's my father. The former world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa serves as trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. So, we've seen that we've both seen this. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about your take on it because your screening got canceled. Yeah, we, our press screening got uh, got canceled the day before it was supposed to happen. So I had to go see it like a f- freaking normal like person, a fucking commoner. God damn it! I was hiding because I didn't want anyone to see me. It's <laughs> embarrassing. Like, I have an Amazon Prime delivery scheduled. I have to be home <laughs> yeah. for it. So, what'd you think of Creed? Um. Well, you know, they were a, kind of a shitty band, but uh, speaking yeah, that's of, like the watch... 10 millionth fucking joke about that. Did you see the Scott Stapp review? I haven't watched it yet, no. It's pretty funny. But that's literally like the 10 millionth time someone said that. I know. I was doing it to annoy you. Okay. <laughs> um, so obviously this is, um, what, the sixth entry into the Rocky franchise? Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. What you am have I Rocky Five. You're up to Rocky Five, oh, and then Rocky Balboa. and Rocky Balboa, and then Creed. So I actually, I actually thought that Rocky Balboa was pretty good um, back when it came out. Um, and so, you know, in in order to do a fresh take on it, um, we see uh, we see you know Stallone's character come into a little bit of a different role here. Um, I was actually a little bit surprised with how much Stallone is in the movie. 
Um, mm-hmm. It is still very much a Rocky movie, um, while giving you know Michael B. Jordan as um, as Creed's son, uh, you know, plenty of time. You know, I, I liked I liked a, lot, a few things about the film. I like that it doesn't really shy away from, um, you know, describing the situation of of his of Adonis's upbringing, and um, and you know he's he's the product of an affair, you know, and they don't really, you know, they they don't really treat that with like kid gloves. It's kind of a legit thing, which I appreciate. You know, it's uh, and not like Apollo Creed was just like character in, in this pantheon where you had to like treat it with dignity and respect or whatever but you know well, it was still interesting what well you gotta i mean you figure the real world stand-in for someone like apollo i mean apollo creed is a stand-in for someone like muhammad ali fame wise right. um you know obviously ali in the 30 years or whatever it's been since i don't remember i don't know when he retired i have no clue uh he's you know he has the the is it uh, MS that he has? What he is has, uh, Parkinson's, isn't it? I'm not sure. Whatever, whatever a f- disease he has that that makes him the way he is, you know, he's only grown in in respect and stature and stuff like that. So I could see that if you say, you know, and the story in the film is that Creed died in the ring fighting Ivan Drago back in Rocky Four, which is probably the most ridiculous Rocky movie and probably ridiculous '80s movie ever. Um, so I can see how that would be something that would tarnish a legacy. You know, here's a guy that's been dead 30 years, died in the ring, was the biggest star of the whole, you know, boxing universe in that world. And so, yeah, I mean, it would be a pretty big bombshell, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Anyway. I'm trying to see. Oh, yeah, it is Parkinson's. I was right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so you know, I, I think that it does a lot of things well. Um, I think that the the fight scenes are really well choreographed. Um, I think that the best scene of the film is actually uh, a boxing match that takes place in one take. It's yeah. one shot, um, and uh, and it's really really well done. Um, you know, a, a flowing fluid camera that's that, that that's always moving, and um, in the way that it's shot, it's is, is really good. Um, that's a really great scene. Um, I think that most of the Rocky stuff works. Um, uh, I, I think that there are a couple of glaring flaws in the film that really, for me personally, um, kept it from from being truly great. Um, I, and don't get me wrong; it's a it's a good movie. It's 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 pretty good. Um, and, and you know, again, like the fight scenes, really well done. Um, there's a good emotional pull in it. Um, good payoffs. Um, uh, some really good moments, you know, things that things that you you see out of um, out of the Rocky franchise of kind of the underdog story, um, kind of brought to a modern sense and done really well. Um, but flaws, um, you know, I feel like the storyline between uh, Michael B. Jordan's character and the girl is just like a total throwaway. Um, I, I felt, it- n- huh? Oh, I thought it was great, personally. Oh, see, I felt nothing towards it, like like literally nothing. I was I found myself completely bored and disengaged in those scenes. Um, I think that the other huge kind of glaring thing for me, well, there's two. One of them is I think that the story requires a massive leap in uh, in logic. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how much we want to say about plot, but but. You know, Adonis is given this chance to fight someone who clearly he would. This would never happen in the real world. 
Um, well, you, when, I, I don't know if you realize that's an echo of the, the original Rocky no, film. Of course. Yeah. Okay. No, I, no, I understand that. And I think that, and I think that, I think that the original Rocky had some like, like there's kind of like a, like an, not like an over the top kind of cheesy sensibility to the original Rocky that I think that this one was trying to be a little like edgier um, and, and modern and grittier. And so I, some of the, some of the like feel good cheesy stuff I feel is a little bit misplaced in a movie like this. that's trying to be a little bit more gritty and rooted in reality. Um, but I think the most glaring thing is that the arc of, of Rocky's story, I, I mean, I thought it was predictable as hell. Um, I saw, I saw the plot development coming from a mile away and, um, and I think that the execution of it is fine. Um, I, I think that they did a good job and I think Stallone is particularly actually good, um, with this, but, um, I just thought it was super predictable, and I think even even the ending of the movie is pretty damn predictable too. Um, and so, you know, I, I I don't know how I feel about that. I just I just felt like um, it was a little run of the mill in terms of what they did with the story, um, especially because I I mean, having said that, I think that they they did the best they could with it. But I just I don't know. I just I felt it was a little too on the nose. Well, I, see, I think that's part of the the appeal of it. I mean, you know, it's it may be hard to remember just kind of the sensation that the original Rocky was. I mean, I was obviously not alive when it was released in '76. Um, I mean, this was this was a Best Picture winner. Yeah. Um, you know, in 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 a year that was competing against stuff like Taxi Driver. I mean, this was like, was that who it was '76? I don't know. Sorry. I'm getting my uh, timeline. Just confused. throw movies. Just throw movies. I want to say. It. I want to say it was. Uh, I want to say Taxi Driver was '76, but uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't. This isn't like uh, some fluke thing. Yeah, Taxi Driver was '76, so it was competing at stuff like Taxi Driver. Um, it's kind of difficult to imagine, and I'm borrowing this idea from another review I read. Um, just, it's hard to imagine a, a Best Picture winner uh, of that era becoming the kind of series Rocky did, you know, um, um, having four sequels in, uh, you know, well, by 1990, having four sequels and them getting like increasingly more ridiculous, you know, Rocky four, which came out in 1984, was literally like a cold war fight movie. Like, I mean, this is, it's just a ridiculous and Rocky had a fucking robot. Like, I mean, it was, it's not, it's not, it's so far removed from the 76 version that it's, it's difficult to kind of remember how good of a movie it was. And yeah, it's corny. Um, and I, I think that, that Ryan Coogler, the director here and the Aaron Covington, the, the co-screenwriter, I think they tapped into that corn well. Um, I, look, I'm not going to mince words. I fucking love this movie. I saw this movie and I was expecting to be okay with it. But holy shit, like the fucking corn, whatever recipe they made this, you know, made this corn turn out amazing for me. Um, the theater I was in was cheering. Um, even the the mooks that were into boxing behind me, some meatheads were were like cheering every round. I mean, the boxing scenes in this movie, I assume, are, are uh, digitally enhanced because they're pretty brutal. 
Um, yeah, it, yeah, and they did a really good job with the sound design of it. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I fucking hate boxing personally, so I could give two shits. Um, but I, I just thought it was really, really well done. And the thing you hated, you know, with uh, with the relationship, I loved because it it, it didn't have any kind of. Uh, the, one of the things I liked about this movie, and maybe it's cheesy to say, there weren't really any bad guys. Like like his main opponent, you know, is uh, the the other arc we're sort of following through this movie is this this British boxer from Liverpool named Pretty Ricky Conlon, who uh, was a hothead and got in trouble with guns, and you know, it's not really spoiling anything to to say that he's going to be the main matchup at the end, you know, uh, cause he's the whatever pound for pound best boxer in the, in the world. And I mean, he's treated like an asshole through the, you know, through the movie, but he's not like, there's no like nefarious plots to undo what Creed is, you know, what, uh, Adonis Johnson is going through. I just, it, it was kind of refreshing to me cause I thought there would at least be something like somebody trying to fuck something up. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense to you? Yeah, no, I get you. Um, I don't know. I fucking love this movie. I thought it was great. Um, I, I, you know, yeah, maybe if you take a step back, like, yeah, it's predictable, but, you know, there's a formula to these things and there's a way to do them well. And just because it follows a formula doesn't well, make the impact any less remarkable, in my opinion. I, I get that, but I also think that it's particularly contrived and and i think the problem with that is 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 what i said is that if it wants to set itself apart from from the formula i don't think I, it does though i don't think it does at all it doesn't but, want to but i think that i think that it does in 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 some ways no it's just i mean it's telling a different story but i don't think it it's not trying to subvert the sports movie formula I mean, it's, it's not it's not even trying to subvert the Rocky formula. I mean, it's shamelessly, you know, aping the original arc of, of well, Rocky. And, right. And I think I, I think that that's maybe part of the problem was its predictability in that sense. Oh, I mean, by the time there and you see it's the scene you see in the trailers when he's running in slow motion with the, the dudes on the, the little uh, crotch rocket motorcycles. Yeah. Like revving beside that. I mean, that's a fucking great scene. Um, and I mean, it's it's corny as shit. But it's pulled off so, so well that it didn't matter to me one single bit. I mean, this is not, you know, when I say like sports movie formula, this is not like that, that Disney-fied shit that you get, you know, like Million Dollar Arm or The Rookie. No, but, but there is a level of corn to it. Right. But I mean, it's not, you know, there's... there's Sort of, sort of like a mashed potato bowl. There's a layer <laughs> of corn. There's a layer of corn. Um, it depends on how, uh, you know, how well prepared the corn is. Right, but um, you 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 can look past the porn to get to, uh, porn <laughs> the corn <laughs> the corn to get to the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the chicken. I mean, uh, this is like um, this this movie is like a well crafted uh, famous bowl. To uh, I mean, like like the there's great nice crispy chicken pieces in there. There's just the right amount of mashed potatoes. There's just the right amount of corn. And it's all covered in a, in a nice gravy, the familiarity of Rocky, the gravy with, of Rocky. The Stallone, the Stallone is the gravy. And the cheese on top is, uh, you know, revisiting, you know, Rocky scenes. The cheese on top is the fucking, uh, the Bill Conti Rocky theme that plays at oh, one point. Yeah. I is. mean, and that's such a 70s song. 
But when it fucking came on in the theater, that place went ape shit. Um, at this screening that I went to. Um, so that's the cheese on top. And you get other stuff. You know, like sometimes you get a shitty famous bowl. You know, it's like, well, like I, I'll eat it, but it's, you know, the, there's not enough chicken. Or and I don't want to seem like a sourpuss because, like, I mean, like, I oh, really did. that's new. <laughs> I really did find myself enjoying it. And, and, and when it was, it did follow the, you know, a good, because, look, I'm a sucker for a good sports movie. I liked Million Dollar Arm. So, like, I mean. I, I I like sports movies and and I and I got caught up in it. I'll I'll totally admit that. But um, I feel like maybe the way in this movie, the way this movie is being treated and received, I think it's a little unworthy of that. Even though I still think it's a good movie, dude. I, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year, for real. Oh wow! What's your grade? I give it a B. A B. I give it an A. Because wow. I fucking I mean I, I came out of this thing. I think I messaged you and Kiko like, oh, I fucking love this movie. And I was not expecting to love it, but uh, for, especially since it's like Rocky Seven. If you think about it that way, you're like fuck, fucking Rocky Seven. But um, I guess I guess we should mention that this is the first time Stallone hasn't written uh, a Rocky movie. Uh, I don't know if you were aware of that or not. No, but he's written every single Rocky movie and directed at least two. I think. Yeah. Um, interesting that he, that he would, uh, that he would be so hands off. Uh, but I think, I think he gets, I think it's one of his best movies in years. I mean, I can't yeah, think he, of the last time I enjoyed watching him play a, a part as opposed to just being some special effects piece of shit. Right. Um, I mean, if, I mean, it's probably his best role since demolition, man, it's easy. <laughs> Did you ever see Demolition Man? God, I, I probably did years and years ago. <laughs> oh, that's such a terrible 90s movie. The three seashells that they have to wipe their ass with. I have um, no idea what you're talking oh, about. God damn it. Watch more shit from the 90s. Just. I just. Why, why do that when I can just watch Space Jam again? <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest here. Speaking of Space Jam. Uh-huh. Um. I impulse bought on eBay earlier a uh, Bill Murray Toon Squad jersey <laughs> <laughs> from uh, like some Chinese. There, there. If you look up Space Jam jerseys, it's all like some Chinese bootleggers. Man, I you hate that movie, but I love fucking Bill Murray in it, and I love those line. The, every line he delivers is great in that movie. How much did you spend on that? It was thirty bucks, man. With shipping, <laughs> man. To come from the lawless, copyright violating land of China, it's going to take cost me thirty bucks to get, and it's like a real supposedly. Eh, I say real. It's a champion jersey, like it's got a champion logo on it. That is hilarious, dude. And it says Murray, and it says number twenty-two on the back. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> that's really uh, that's really funny yeah so um i'm gonna wear that when we have our space jam screening that we should have eventually can we, we do, do are you we, let's just do a public event with you wearing the bill murray jersey yeah and a backwards cap and i'm just gonna play bill murray or just go just go to comic-con with that being your cosplay <laughs> yes that'll work all right uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next movie brooklyn I want to ask you something, and you're going to say, oh, it's too soon. 
I don't really know him well enough. We only been out a couple times. Oh, it's nothing so bad. It's just it's something that most guys did. Please just ask. You're beginning to terrify me. Oh. Sure. Uh, will you come for dinner and meet my family sometime? That's it. I'd love to. You like Italian food? Don't know. I've never eaten it. It's the best food in the world. Well, why would I not like it? You're in a good mood, huh? Yes. Why? It's just... I like how you're being. I don't know the word, though, when you go along with everything. Amenable. Yeah? Amenable? Okay. So why are you being amenable? Can we go see a movie this week when you're not in night class? I'll sign up for two movies. Really? Yes. Even if the first date is a disaster, I'll give it another chance. An Irish immigrant lands in 1950s Brooklyn where she quickly falls into a new romance. When her past catches up with her, however, she must choose between two countries and the lives that exist within. Now, we both saw this one um, a few weeks ago now, right? It's been a while. Um, it's been a couple of weeks I, for me. Yeah, it's, I watched it a little bit later. I watched it, I think, early last week. Oh, yeah, I saw it in the theater. You saw it on a screener. Mm-hmm. You saw it like a sucker. It came like two days after I you know, saw it in the theater. Fucker, I went and wasted my time sitting in a goddamn theater like a chump. <laughs> I had an Amazon Prime Now order to wait for. And, <laughs> uh, anyway, what did you think of Brooklyn? Uh, you know, <clears throat> how I, do you how do you say her name first of all? Because I'm oh, gonna man. fuck it up. Uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> Cerise, uh, Cerise, Cerise, Cerise Ronan, Cerise Rosen, Ronan, Ronan. You're fucking me. it all up. No, I knew it was Ronan. I, I let's I, just I let's misspoke. let's agree on Cerise, and then when we're wrong, it's S A I R O S E, right? S A O I R S E, Cerise, Cerise Ronan. Let's go with that. All right. <laughs> um, we'll be here all night if we don't just come to an agreement on something. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so this is a, um, I think maybe the, the most important thing to point out about the film is that it's a, written by Nick Hornby, who, um, has written a lot of good movies. My, my personal favorite of his is a movie from, I think, 2009 called An Education. Um, and it was a British movie. Um, it was a coming of age story. It was really well done. It's got Carrie Mulligan and Peter Sarsgaard in it. I highly recommend watching it. Um, but, um, you know, I, 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 fe- I have complicated feelings about this movie because I think that the first half of the movie is one of the best things I've seen this year, hands down easily. Um, because it's this, it's this, it's a love story that, that I think kind of steps around tropes that you see. Uh, happening so often and it's one of the very few love stories i can remember in a long time that actually feels earned like every moment there is with it feels earned and um hold on i have to grab my screener (laughs) what's the name of the actor (laughs) hold on 
Hold on. Let me let me let me do something here. Sirsha Ronan. Okay. Emery Cohen. <laughs> Did you hear that? What? Oh, you didn't hear it, but I, I had a. I forgot. You can't hear this, but I, I have a pronouncer for uh, her. Oh, her please. Sirsha Ronan. Sirsha. Sirsha. Sirsha Ronan. Look, man. I don't know. Sersha Ronan. So we had it all fucking wrong. I found a pronouncer for her name on YouTube and uh, it used it in a sentence and it said, can you empty your pockets, Sersha Ronan? You have stolen my heart. So now that that's settled, what's the actor's name? Uh, Emery Cohen. <laughs> Emery Cohen. He plays the uh, Italian guy. She falls. In yeah. Love. He, pl- yeah. He plays the, the guy that um, when she's, uh, she moves to Brooklyn, she meets an Italian guy and, and he's so great in it. Like he plays the perfect like nineteen fifties, like um, like you know I don't read too good Italian guy. Yeah, he's you know, a he's guy who loves the he loves the Dodgers. He's a Brooklyn guy. <laughs> and I love how like so like uh, stereotypically fifties it is, and how much I loved it, <laughs> no matter what. Like it was so great. Um, and. Uh, you know, it, it does a really, really great job of showing kind of like the homesickness that eventually turns into like, okay, well, this is my home now and I'm getting used to my surroundings and, and um, you know, showing some culture shock and, and, and some other stuff that, that's really well done. And, and, and Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse Ronan. Is, is, is very good um, in this. And, um, yeah. and then uh, we get the second half of the movie, which – isn't bad i don't think but um but there's a you know there's part of it is is she gets called back home to ireland that's not really a spoiler but um she gets called back home to ireland and she goes back and and and, you know starts wondering if she's made the right decision to to live in brooklyn and um i get what they were trying to do there um it totally makes sense to me i can i can i can i can understand what the goal was but you know there's a second like romantic plot that happens here with another guy's name I can't say. Um, Domnall Gleeson. Is it really Domnall? I believe so. That's what I. He was. Um, he was at uh, South by Southwest. I was in the room when uh, him and um, uh, Oscar Isaac and whoever the director of Ex Machina was. Alex Garland. Alex Garland. I believe it was Domnall Gleeson. Let's go. Yeah. With that. Let's go. With so that. Uh, he his character is kind of like a blank slate and we're supposed to buy into the fact that her character is being kind of like pulled into the, to the, uh, to the allure of, of, of him and staying in, in Ireland. And, um, I just like, I, I could not buy into it. I could not hook into the idea of this being enough for her to want to stay. And I think that had that been just a little bit stronger and better, this movie would have been a total home run, but because of that, I feel like it suffered a little bit in the back half of the film. Yeah, I, I'm with you a little bit on that. Um, it, it kind of, I mean, I love the first half of this too, but it kind of feels like at some point, not much is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah. Like, uh, and and then maybe maybe it's a it, more difficult to understand in the modern age because going home like that for us would not really be a big deal in that communication would still be there. 
you know, if you if you had a, a romance that was long distance and you were going to be gone for a, a temporary amount of time, you know, I don't. It, it's you. Know, maybe you wouldn't forget, but maybe that was maybe that's timeless, timely thing that I'm seeing this filtered through. You know, um, but I guess the 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 second half is really trying to show the allure of of being home and the comfortableness of being home. Right, and I um, get that. But yeah, I, I don't know that that it plays. I don't know that her conflict is great enough for me. Um, I just don't buy into the conflict. Yeah, I, I mean, it, the second half is is not as good. I agree with that. Um, it's a really really great movie, but it feels like the second half is a little lacking. It almost feels like like you know. Uh, like the it's it's like the difference tonally in like two different seasons of TV, if that makes sense. You're like, oh, that's the Brooklyn season. Now she's over in, you know, shitfuck Ireland, wherever it was. Um, yeah, I believe that was. Uh, <laughs> it's shitfuck Ireland. Aye. Um, um <laughs> so so <laughs> stupid. I love that you said shite. Shitefuck <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> I get all my Irish stuff from Conan O'Brien. That's really all I know. But wouldn't it be shite fook? Probably, yeah. I think I think it would be shite fook Ireland. <laughs> because the only way I know that is from uh, is from watching um, in Bruges. They say fook a lot. Dude, have you ever watched a real like Irish or uh, British movie like that's not meant for Americans at all? Uh, I've seen a Scottish one that was really difficult to understand. I know. Fuck. Um, I I was really being super into Nick Hornby. Speaking of, um, one of his his first book he wrote was a like a memoir about being a soccer fan, a football fan, as it were. Um, and uh, it was called Fever Pitch, and of course they remade Fever Pitch here with Jimmy Fallon and good Drew movie. Braymore. No, but. Thanks for playing. Kiko that was, loves that movie too. That was when they were trying to decide what they were going to do with Jimmy Fallon. I, yeah, you like know what? That, he did that in Taxi. Yeah. Um, and now he's the biggest fucking star on TV. What happened? Um, I I, th- I would have liked that movie more had it not been a Fairly Brothers movie. I think that they did. I think it's I think it's they're after like uh, like there's something about Mary and Dumb and Dumber. It's their best movie. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I need to re- revisit it because it's been an awful long time since I saw it. At any rate, uh, his first movie uh, – his first book was turned into a movie starring um, Colin Firth. There was a fever pitch mm-hmm. and it was not meant for the United States at all and I could not fucking understand it one bit. I had to turn the subtitles on because I couldn't tell what they were saying. Um, so that's where that story went. Good story. Uh, thanks. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I feel like the second half of this movie, I don't know. I, I don't know what how to describe it. Like, it just sort of happens. Like, again, again, like in Creed, like, there's no, like, nobody's an asshole. Like, there's no evil machinations at all, except for maybe the, the old shopkeeper lady that's a bitch, but. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like the payoff of that scene. Yeah, it did feel a tad bit contrived. It felt it felt very Nick Hornby, like her and the um, the uh, the woman who ran the boarding house were were great Nick Hornby characters. 
Oh, the woman who ran the boarding house was great. Oh yeah, no, I mean that that's that was a great scene. But it does the, her all of her scenes were great. Um, I just yeah, the second half of this movie just it it's a little lacking. Um, just because it which is so unfortunate because the first half is so great. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you feel like you want to root against the main character in the second half of the movie because she's doing something that's kind of shitty. Um, but it's just like, it doesn't really feel like there's any kind of drive to it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's I, just like, it's something that's happening to her as opposed to something she's participating in. But, uh, but I still think it's, I still think it's, it's well worth seeking out, especially for the first half of the movie. And I think, um, what's the actor's name again? Um, uh, the 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 main guy yeah the Emery Br- Cohen Emery, I I think both him and Cersei Ronan I think their scenes together are great oh yeah they're outstanding and he's and like I said it's so stereotypically 1950s Brooklyn Italian New Yorker guy <laughs> and like it's 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 I like I don't care that it's and cheesy, he's even got the great. smart mouth brother who's like ten years old and oh, well, what's the line it's like. I'm I'm eight years old. What do I know about kissing? <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah. it's like I love that so much. Yeah, it was great. Um, anyway, what's your grade? Uh, you know, I give it a B plus. Um, I thought that the first half of the film is an A minus. Second half's a B, and so it averages to about a B plus. I'm with you, B plus. I think it's I think it's really really worth well worth seeking out. I don't think it's as good as uh, Hornby's last movie, uh, Wild. No, which we uh, discussed too. But uh, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, Wild's very, very good. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our last movie, Room. He needs to play with something real. I'm worried about him being on the phone. He's doing fine. Well, I don't give him my phone, so I'd appreciate it if you didn't give him yours. Okay, well, great. I just want him to connect with something. Really doing fine. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm supposed to be happy. You just need to rest, okay? No, I don't. I don't need that, to rest. That's what the doctor that is said. not what the doctor said. You don't know what he said because it was a confidential conversation and you don't know what he said. All right, all right. All right. You're impossible to talk to right now. Well, sorry. Well, no, no, you're not sorry. Yeah, I'm not sorry. You have no idea what's going on in my head. Yeah, well, try me. I have asked you. And then what? Then every time you look at me, that's all that you see? When I look at you, Joy, I will see my daughter. After five-year-old Jack and his mother escape from the enclosed surroundings that Jack has known his entire life, the boy makes a thrilling discovery, the outside world. All right, we both saw this quite a while ago now. Yeah. As these things go towards the end of the year. Yeah, we saw it like... I mean, like over a month ago, I think. I don't remember when I saw it. It's been an awful long time. I know the release date got pushed back there in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm going to have to think back a little bit because I haven't seen it in a while. So um, you want me to, to come back to you? No, I'm good. Oh. <laughs> okay, so what would you think of Room? Well, so this is based on a very highly successful um, book, a novel, Um and the, the screenplay was written by the same woman, Emma Donahue, um, also, I believe, an Irish director and writer for this movie. Um, it, was, it was directed by Lenny Abramson, who um, most recently directed the movie Frank. Uh, oh, yes. 
So a very a, an interesting turn here for Abrams. And although his first movie was called What Richard Did, which is a little bit more like this. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of acclaim for this movie heading into it, um, especially for Brie Larson, who is very good in here. Um, I don't think she's as good as she is in Short Term 12 here, but she's still very good. Um, and I think if she gets nominated this year, and she will... Um, it's, I think it's, I feel like it's going to be a combo of this and short term 12. You know, I, I think that people want to reward her for that performance, um, and kind of the work she's been putting in. But, uh, I have mixed feelings on the, on the film. I got to say, um, I, 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 I appreciate the story. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty hardcore at the, at the, at the beginning of it. It's, it's, it's pretty unflinching too. Um, you know, there's, there's a few things that bug me about it, just like fundamental things, and I don't know if you agree on any of this. I don't know that we've talked about this movie, but um, just a little bit. Here's a couple. Here's a couple things that I didn't like, and you can respond and tell me what you think. Um, I do not like the voiceover from the kid at all. Um, took um, me straight out of the movie. I, it didn't take me out of the movie. I I prefer no voiceover. I mean, voiceovers. Uh, you know, unless it's, it's done with a purpose, like, yeah. um, well, going back to Wild again, like it was an internal monologue. Right. Um, you know, when it's just moving plot forward or being kind of philosophical, it's it's hit or miss for me. Um, yeah. But I didn't mind it. Uh, I think that um, another thing that I didn't really like was I felt like they – I, I seem to be in the minority of the in, in this sense, but um, – I feel like the the claustrophobia of the room is not well developed. Um, that room is tiny, and I don't. I think you don't get a sense of how tiny it is until you're able to see it from a different perspective. And um, I, I feel like they shot the scenes in the room to make it look bigger than it is. Oh, I totally think that's that was. I think that was totally intentional. Well, I, I know it is, but I don't. I don't think that. Like, I think that it hurts the film that it doesn't feel cramped well you know? but you you take it you see you're supposed to see the movie from from jack's perspective from the kid's right. perspective and there's i won't i mean there, there's the sense that he's growing up and and it, it's the fact that you're growing up like when you grow up and you revisit things from when you were a child that you haven't seen in a while you always feel bigger you feel like they're smaller and I, I feel like that's what the movie was going for. Like, this is the world his mom created for him that, you know, that Brie, not Olsen, Larson's character. <laughs> Be very careful with that. <laughs> I keep fucking that up. Uh, that uh, Brie Larson's ma character created for him. And you're seeing his world. And you see, you know, the beginning of the, f- the film goes through their, like, daily routines. And the way it's shot, you know, it's shot, each, each thing is shot from a different angle. So it feels much, much bigger than it actually is. And I think that's by design because you're supposed to be and, – and that's where the voiceover comes in. You're supposed to be seeing it from, this, from Jack's point of view. And, and I get that to an extent until I brought this up with other people and they were like, oh, no, it felt cramped to me. I totally felt cramped. Well, they don't know what and, they're talking about. They're stupid. Okay. They're so one of them is one of, the, uh, one of the fellow hosts of this show who is not here. Yeah, we can um, talk shit about him because he's, he's not here. No, I, 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 I mean um, – you know, I think it felt cramped when it needed to, but I think um, 
I think it, you know, for the, for the most part, it was, it was purposely done to be, you know, to look bigger than it was, to be evocative of something that was, you know, that a child that, that knew nothing but that room would think was the whole world. Yeah. Okay. Well, I still didn't like it. <laughs> no, I get, I get what you're saying, and I think that that could be accurate. Do you um, just think that that when you when you're working on your dungeon to capture a woman and hold her in, and that she's going to have these unrealistic expectations that it's too too small, right? Yeah, baby. You're, wor- you're worried about the square footage you're going to have to allot to your dungeon room. Can we just talk about the movie, please? <laughs> The only dungeon room I have is the Fifty Shades Red Room. Oh, okay. JK. The, the consensual dungeon. Room. <laughs> the consensual dungeon. The consensual <laughs> yeah. sex dungeon. Yeah. I have a I have a forty seven page document that I have everyone sign. <laughs> and you can so. go line item veto the anal sex out of there. It was anal fisting. Anal fisting. God damn it, how did I forget that? I have no idea. How can you forget an anal fisting? You can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never forgotten one in my day. <laughs> anyway. Um Shit. Okay, so um, I, I, when it gets into the meat of the story, um, I, I wasn't as gripped as I wanted to be by it. And, um, you know, it is it is a good movie for sure. There's a lot of really good elements to it, and it's well-acted, well-performed. I also thought that the William H. Macy character here is worthless. Um, it does It's not developed at all, and I was kind of bothered by that. Um, you see, know, he's see, I disagree with stuff like that because I think that gives it like a real world touch. You know, like he has a real world reaction to it. You did, know, did you think I didn't think that was the case? Uh, I, I mean, I the, I don't know if we should say it, but the, I guess the idea is that he, and that's it's not explicitly spelled out, but the idea is that he sees he has a resentment towards the child once. Once they're rescued, once the kidnap, you know, because she was kidnapped as a teenager and now is, you know, in her early 20s and is returned, you know, returns home and she has this child who is the child of her rapist and abductor. And the implication here is that he resents the child for being related to that guy. Oh, and I don't I think that that's a great narrative story but they don't do anything with it they just they just it's just a glance and then that's it's over like I, I was fine with it i was fine with it personally you know what you just want to argue everything that i say jared well i think you i think you might be picking apart the movie a little too much i don't but, eh. but uh, i don't i don't i don't i don't think so but i mean we're, um, we're it's not any different than any other disagreement i, I was i was joking I hey was being, shut the fuck up and just talk about your rape room dungeon i was movie. being facetious talk about and you're just being facetious. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're full of shit. Uh, <laughs> nailed it. So there's a, there's a, uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's. I wish I could speak. I, I feel like I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but, uh, um, but yeah, I just, I was not as impressed with the movie as I wanted to be. Um, and I just, I, I, there was something about the narrative that I just couldn't latch onto. And maybe it's cause I, I, I didn't like the kid that much in it. Um, which I think is a growing theme with me that I'm not a huge fan of a lot of child actors. <laughs> oh, I thought he was a great, I thought he, the kid was great in this movie. I mean, it's a lot of weight to carry for a five-year-old kid. And I mean, he, he looks five, you know, he's not one of those like preternaturally aged five-year-olds, you know, that can deliver a line 
great. I mean, he's a, I, I thought the kid was great. I mean, I think I think both him and Brie Larson and Jack uh, Jack what is his name Jack Tremblay or uh, is Jacob Tremblay maybe. Um, I closed the page. I can't. Find Jack's it. the character's name. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Um, let me let me make sure before I. Um, <laughs> it just makes me think of uh, due date. Yeah, that's, that's the first <laughs> thing I thought of too. <laughs> Ethan, uh, yeah, Jacob Tremblay. Tremblay. Was his name Ethan Tremblay? Ethan Tremblay. What yeah. was his real name? Like Ethan Hunt or something? Fuck, I don't remember. Due date. Um. Yeah, Jacob. Not, that, that's due date is not that bad of a movie. I like due date. I that, I think it gets an unfair, uh, unfair slam. Uh, anyway, Jacob Tremblay and Brie Larson I think are great in the movie. Um, I mean, it may be a little difficult to buy into the whole concept of the film. I feel like that's maybe kind of a big, um, might be a big hurdle for some people. You know that that there's this woman locked in a shed in in some guy's backyard. Yeah. Um, is it? I haven't. I don't know anything about the novel. Is it based on the the J C Dugard thing? Do you remember that? Uh, uh, no, I don't. The 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 kind of the the thing that sticks with me about that movie is this guy kept it, this woman captive in his backyard in a in a shed similar to that. But one of the creepiest things about it is that. Uh. uh well, I mean, beyond the obvious ick factor of that, but one of the like spookiest things about it was that a Google Earth car drove by, or Google Map, what is it, Street View car drove by, and that guy like followed it, so you can see him like following that car. Oh wow! So it's it's really spooky, um, but it, it's a similar situation. I don't know if it was like locked with a keypad lock, like this is, um, you know, it's it's a. You know, it's a story of – it's the kid's point of view. You know, you, it's the kid's reintroduction or introduction to the world. And I think maybe the, the second half of the movie is a little um, – uh, what am I trying to say? Not not trite, but um, it feels a little familiar. I thought it was a little boring to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean um, – you know, once once the escape from from the room happens, I keep wanting to say the room. It's like, room. I know because they just call it room, like proper noun. Um, I think the once the escape from that happens, it does get a little not. I won't say boring, but not as interesting. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of a a scene. You know, it's a young woman being you know, reacclimating to the world after being well, brutalized I do, I, and, you know, you kind of, she disappears for a long period of time. And there is something interesting about the fact that, you know, she's, she's the one that struggles and not him. Um, yeah. And I, and I, you know, it sh- sort of shows the resiliency of kids and, and, um, and that sort of thing. And, and, and I think that part is, is well done, but, and, you know, it's, you know, I, f- I feel bad talking so much, uh, uh, shite about it um, <laughs> when it's really not bad per se but I think that I think the performances here are the key I think yeah. I think Brie Larson is great um, like you said she should have been nominated for short term 12 uh, and wasn't I don't know what the competition looks like this year I haven't really sized I it up I think she'll be fine but uh, I think she's really great in this movie and has come such a long way from that Bob Saget sitcom with uh, uh, 
Kat Dennings. Do you remember that? Man, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called, but uh, it was – she was – I think she even did like some Disney Channel singing and shit too. I think that is right. Like like she was um, – she did a lot of like crazy kid stuff. What was the movie? What was the TV show called? Um, oh, it was called Raising Dad. And it was Bob Saget's return to sitcoms, and it starred uh, Kat Dennings was his oldest daughter, and she was the younger daughter. And it was on the WB. I remember that. That, was, that sounds was, so bad. That was when I worked there. And her album, she had an album called Finally Out of P.E. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, it was released in uh, 2005. And we should find some Brie Larson tracks and play them. Anyway, she, um, she played him. She played Envy Adams and Scott Pilgrim. That fucking movie. Um, she was singing that movie too, didn't she? Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, Twenty One Jump Street. And now we're officially just listing her filmography. <laughs> hey guys, I remember when she was in that uh, episode called. Uh... Anyway, uh, no, I think she's great in this movie, and I think. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, I almost said Ethan Tremblay, but Ethan Chase, <laughs> Ethan Chase. God damn it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> he's like, it doesn't sound like a, an actor's name. And he's like, and Robert Downey's like, that sounds like the name of an actor. Was that the scene? Uh, that's the scene with Danny McBride, right? And he's in the wheelchair at the Western union. Uh, Danny, McB- Danny McBride. Cause they were trying to wire, get wire, money wired. No, I remember that scene. Is that the scene where he talks about the stage name? Yeah. Cause he can't get the money. Cause, uh, he because it's not his he doesn't have any id with because it was wired to ethan oh yeah you're right oh yeah he when he wired it to the stage (laughs) name (laughs) oh fuck now i want to watch due date um i own it (laughs) i don't own it i've seen it a couple times um anyway uh so what's your grade for room um i don't remember what i initially gave it but it's somewhere in the b minus b range I would say I would say it's a solid B for me. Um, I, I think the performances are, are great enough. I think the story is a little thin. Um, yeah, you know, there's not a lot going on. I mean, the, the first like 50 minutes or so of this movie are, are are pretty great, and by the time you know the escape is staged, uh, the and and that's another thing. You know, some of the the contrivances are a little much. Um, like kind of the event that sets the escape in motion. I don't know if you agree with me or not. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, you know, so, you know, it's a little like, oh, this has to happen because of this. But, uh, I I think, I think Brie Larson's great in the movie and I, I hope she gets nominated because the short term 12 was pretty much virtually ignored. I think was a, a travesty. That was my favorite movie of, was it 2012? Who's Travis T.? He's uh, Ice T's son. Nailed it. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for this week. Do we have anything at all next week? We really don't. I think the only wide release is Krampus. Oh, and I haven't gotten a screening invite for that. Did you? No. So I mean, I don't. I think there's that we might have some indies to talk about. Um, I'll have to check the schedule, but or we might just not do a show at all. That's, that's hey. what might happen. Who knows? I feel like we're doing more and more of that, or at least <clears throat> we've been doing them incomplete lately because um, 
someone who won't be named uh, is too good for us. Yeah, well, he's got a lot of Cyber Monday shopping to prepare for. He's he's working on it. He's selling stuff for Cyber Monday. He's selling Tio Kiko's his rice. Uh, rice. So he's got a big Cyber Monday sale coming up. Man, he's he's making a killing off of that, especially when it's coming for Christmas time and we're we're doing our tamales in our Hispanic homes. <laughs> do you do you do any of your relatives make tamales? Uh, they don't make them, but they buy them. Well, shit, I we buy them. Us whiteies <laughs> buy them too. <laughs> Have you ever had the like the horror that is a canned tamale? Oh God, no! They're like wrapped in paper. It's a fuck. That's a fucked up. Some fucked up shit. I think oh. I want to say Taco Cabana just started selling like tamale plates. Yeah, I re- really like. They I don't know why. I, I don't remember hearing about that. I want to say that happened. Maybe I'm maybe I'm imagining it. Taco Cabana. Uh, Taco Cabana. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Taco Cabana has really steeply fallen off a cliff lately in the past few years. Well, I, they're kind of my ambassador for for Mexican food here, Tex-Mex food here in Austin. And it's not like the one, it, the one by my house, really good. The one by my house, the service is awful. Um, the one I, I frequent near work is, is better and it's fine. The food's fine, but man, you never realize how much you miss like greasy ass Mexican food until you can't have it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, I've never spent really any extended period of time away from it since I've lived in San Antonio my whole life. But yeah, I mean, like I, I remember one time I went to we were having a um a double feature at um Silverado. Yeah. It was spectacular now and I think the butler a couple of years ago. And in between I ran out and the only thing nearby was Taco Cabana that's right there. Mm-hmm. Um and I went there and and this my, my taco was literally smaller than my wallet. You know what? I have a theory about that. You have to go to one of the ones either did you go inside? No, I went to the drive-thru. Yeah, if they can see your face, they won't fuck you over on a taco. But if you're in the drive-thru, they're like, fuck it. But if like if they can see your face and like like <laughs> like uh um know that you might come back to the counter. Man, I, I don't know. The the cardinal mistake you can make at Taco Cabana is getting breakfast tacos. Because oh. they're terrible. Oh well that's all I have, man. That's all I got up here. I don't have, you have the, torchies. Yeah, but that's not the same, and you know they it. do breakfast. I know, but it's not the same style. I mean, I I want something. Look, man, the taco house I used to go to in San Antonio, Lisa's Taco Hut. Uh, two locations: one on Bandera, one on Babcock. Excuse Free, me, they're not paying for an ad. <laughs> they would do like two. You go in the morning, two tacos for a buck fifty. Wow! And they were fucking great. Um. Did you when you worked at um when you worked at the old place that you used to work at did you ever go to Ruthie's in the morning? No. Really? Where is that? Dude, it's right on the corner of Babcock and the access road of uh 410. Oh, dude, I don't I didn't live from that way though. That that's a huge pain in the ass to get to. Like I know it's literally right across the street, but that thing, I mean that might as well have been across town. But you could have you couldn't have got you, you could have gone like a back way. You could have cut across on Callahan, right? No, it doesn't. You'd have to. I mean, you'd have to. Go. <laughs> We're just like talking about this. I, I promise. I promise you, it's it's hard to get to because that used to be a subway that we used to go to all the time, and then the subway moved. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, I mean the the only real easy way to get there from there was to walk. Like that was the yep. only that took less time than it took to drive. That place is really good. But uh, they have a morning special that's pretty good. But yeah, I, I mean the the Lisa's Taco Hut was on my way in and stuff. But uh, the, I was I, Taco I, Butt. <laughs> that reminds me of a different story. Um, Bill Miller's speaking of uh, shorting you on shit. Uh, I like to get the uh, chicken strips there. Yeah. Um, because I don't really. I mean, their barbecue's okay, but the chicken strips usually on point. And I remember I went one time, and because you get a three, like they have a three piece special. And I went one time, and I was inside eating, and they gave me like the three shittiest, smallest pieces. Like they were, one of them was more like a nugget than a strip. And I, I was like, man. I want to complain, but I don't want to look like a big fat ass greedy prick. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. Like, this is bullshit. Like, cause sometimes they're, sometimes they're extra generous and they'll throw an extra piece in there or something. But this time they were just like, Hey, here's your, here's your bullshit. So I went up there and I complained and they, they gave me like two extra strips. Like it was just way too much. They gave me and I did feel like a big fat ass greedy pig, but they made it right. God damn it. Good, good. Not you're the like, customer, and you're always right. Yeah, not like Taco Cabana, where where you get the the tortilla that like it's so tiny and just a little streak of beans in the middle it looks like a skid mark in your underwear. <laughs> Man, I was so pissed at that taco that I that I literally like <laughs> I I I, po- I took a picture of it, posted it on Twitter, and tagged Taco Cabana in it. Did they respond? <laughs> yeah, I publicly shamed them. What they? I tried to publicly shame Saws the other day. Because here's the deal. Like, I'm, I moved, right? And I, uh, like, you, you have a final bill. Like, you, you settle up. Like, the, mo- the utilities there in San Antonio, you, you can transfer them over. So, mm-hmm. like, the people that moved into my house, they just transferred over the utilities. And so, you know, that was easy. You know, they did all the work. So I go to pay the CPS energy bill. It's fine. You know, I pay my final bill online. I go to pay my saws bill and I log into my account. I've been paying my bills online for with saws since they started offering it. So who knows how long. And oh, the final bill, you have to fucking mail in or pay in person. Of course. Like why? Like you disabled this ability on my account. Like I've been paying online for god, it must be at least 12 years. So I would I tried to publicly Man. shame them on Twitter and they didn't even care. They didn't respond. Man. I'm like what? I need I my next public shame target is going to be Time Warner. <laughs> oh, the cable companies always respond. I've gotten Uver I've got Time Warner to respond on Twitter before. Oh, the great part about um the great part about uh I think it's Time Warner. Let me check. Uh because it's some there like I there's a there's a, a one of the Twitter accounts, um, or maybe it is AT and T. There's, but something that recently pissed me off. Um, yeah, it's AT and T. Well, back when I had Uverse, their Twitter handle is AT and T cares, <laughs> <laughs> and that just that just opens them up to do you do you really, <laughs> and then and then publicly shaming them for giving you terrible whatever. 
Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody that Twitter is the place to complain. I tell people that all the time. Like I barely use Twitter on my, on my own for anything, but if I want to complain about something, that's where I go. Goddamn brands. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, so if anybody from saws, San Antonio water system is listening, that's a fucking archaic thing to do. Like it's not like, and, and like I mentioned this to some people, some friends of mine, they're like, well, why don't you just pay the bill? Like, yeah, I, I fucking will. And I'll fucking mail, I fucking mailed the check already. But that's not the goddamn point. It'd be like if you canceled your Amazon account and then you had to mail them a check. Like, why don't you just let, like, why don't you just let me pay it the way I've been paying it forever? Like, why, why disable the future? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, fuck well, you. And not to mention, if people are disabling because they're moving, you're going to make them do that. Like, you're going to inconvenience <laughs> them, and they have to like go to the post office and pay for a stamp. And yeah, like I mean, yeah, I have a check, and I write, you know, basically a rent check is the only check I ever write, you know. But now I have to write a fucking check to Saws, like I'm a grandma. <laughs> Uh, like you're a grandma at the H-E-B line. I mean, I, here I am. I'm paying for shit with my fucking phone, just tapping it on a thing in the future at the fucking 7-Eleven. But Saws wants me to mail them a goddamn check that they're just going to process electronically anyway. Oh, man. Fuck you, Saws. God damn it. Just take, just take my money. I just want to pay you. I feel like Jonah Hill in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Like, can I just yeah. pay you? Can I, I just want to take these home. Can I just pay you for these? Yeah, it's yeah, man. This should be our new podcast where we just bitch just, about things and talk about the needless shit that we buy. <laughs> we just call it consumerism. Yeah. Just like first world problems. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, anything else? Uh, no. Right, if you want to reach us, you can call, uh, email us at podcast at cinesnob dot net. You can call us at nine two zero film two one zero. Has anybody ever called? Uh, Besides yes. to fuck with it. No. (laughs) 920-FILM-210. That's 920-3456-210. Find us on Twitter, at CineSnob. You can complain to us. If you, hey, if you're going to, if you want to complain to a brand, tag us in it. Like, just, if you're like, hey, fuck you, Time Warner, my cable's out, at CineSnob at the end. We need to to make it at CineSnob Cares. (laughs) Oh, man, one of my favorite things that, that uh, some of the, like the white hat trolls are doing lately. Have you seen this? No. Where they'll create, um, like whenever some sort of like social media controversy rears its head around some brand getting too progressive for, for the, the fucking stick in the mud conservative people in the world, you know, like, you know, target has an ad with two gay dudes and a kid and the rest, you know, the most of the world's like, oh, cool, whatever. But then the people are like on Twitter or on Facebook, like, why are you showing gay people, Target? I'm never shopping there again. Yeah. <coughs> There's some glorious troll that will start a like a Facebook account with like the Target logo as their profile image and say like in the name like customer service. Oh yeah, I have and respond that. to them with like just yeah, I fun love that. Shit. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a really great one. Um... With Dor- the Doritos Rainbow. Did you see that? Yeah, I did, but I don't remember them. What? Oh, man, it was so funny. I still, I have my bag still uneaten. You need, yeah, go back and find that and reread it because it's, it's really great. Yeah. A guy made a, a Doritos fake account 
and was responding to people. Yeah, as Doritos. Yeah, yeah. as Doritos customer service. I don't, man. I don't understand blasting your fucking crazy, like really divisive opinions on social media like that. Like yes. if you hate a movie, like or a TV show, say it. But if you're like, I hate gays, or blacks man, are ruining this country, like man. The fuck? I'll, pres- I'll present this without comment, but <laughs> the amount of Caitlyn Jenner Woman of the Year things that were on my feed. Oh, Lord. I just like, I was like, enough. <laughs> enough. Or, oh, one of my goddamn favorite things that has popped up lately um, with, with regard to that, when it was like, Caitlyn Jenner is Woman of the Year and beat out, like, or not Woman of the Year. What was it? Uh, like the Arthur Ashe hero thing. Oh, the, yeah, the the Courage Award. The Courage Award. Like she beat out this guy, and it's like some v- amputee veteran. And I'm like, fuck you! Like who? Like it's a fucking ESPN award, <laughs> right? Acting <laughs> acting like this is a measure of courage for humanity. It's, yeah. a, it's a it's a it's it's a trophy for an award show that nobody watches or cares about. Yeah. Or then um, the the best one that's cropped up lately is. Um, uh, this, I mean, the Syrian refugee thing. Like, why aren't we taking care of our veterans first? Like, I don't know. But, <laughs> like, why does it have to be either or? Like, I mean, it's just, it's just such a, I don't fucking get it, man. I mean, I get having opinions, but blasting yourself out with your real name. Like, some shit that's, like, like going to put you on the wrong side of history. Yeah. Like, it, it's, uh. I don't yeah, get that's, it. That, that's a big part of things too that I don't I don't really understand. But I mean, I have some embarrassing things out there. When I, you know, I I remember posting that I thought the Jay Leno show was a good idea. Oh no! But uh, that, that's worse. I know. I'm not <laughs> like, proud I'd of almost, it. I would almost prefer you type something <laughs> horribly racist. <laughs> oh, that was a terrible idea. Anyway, um, anything else you want to talk about? You got another Amazon Prime order coming. Uh, not yet, but I feel like, man, it, it, it really allows you to be just a lazy bastard. Like it's like, like the ability, like I remember the other day I ordered, like I ordered soda, aluminum foil. <laughs> oh, I remember t- talking about this and you got some pretty competitive prices on that stuff. Yeah. Like prices are super competitive. And, and then the cool thing, which I don't, you know, I guess I'm going to, since it's not black Friday, I guess I can say this, uh, without, uh, getting scooped, but, um, <laughs> One of the cool things that they do is that Amazon was actually price matching their Black Friday deals. So things were running out of stock on Amazon.com, but if you opened up Prime now, they were still in stock at the same price. Exactly. That that's they how they were on sale for. That's, that's how, how I got what? That's how I got my tablet. That's how I got both my Roku and my Roku TV. Yeah. So secrets out before it's over, nerds, or after it's over. <laughs> You 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 totally you you're a Amazon Prime now life hacker. Oh yeah, that's a good life hack. Yeah. Which, by the way, is the dumbest term ever. Yeah. I Isn't agree. hacking implying that you're like breaking into something? I, man, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like 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 learning how to like uh, you know like save ten cents on your energy bill is not a hack. It's, <laughs> you're not hacking anything. I I uh, there's a lot of terms like that that get tossed around that I don't like. Like I don't like the term big bad when they talk oh, about TV. Like TV, 
That's I a, actually I don't mind that. I don't like it. I don't like mansplain. <laughs> I said that to you earlier. I know. You, you like anything anything that's like a modern a modern creation of two words that don't make sense, like I just hate. Like man cave. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. You but just, I do what? You just want a man cave. <laughs> yeah. But what do you, how, what are your opinions on uh on the term on fleek? Oh, I, well, I mean I I I don't care. I mean if you if if I I feel like some terms like that have an age limit. But so you so you would never say that something's on fleek. I mean I haven't I've yet to see anything that's on fleek, so I'm just going to say <laughs> there was a my fleek Oliver meter bit. is is pretty pretty high. There was a John Oliver bit where um where uh where there were he was talking about mental health and he and he and there was an old man being interviewed about like the the perception of people who are mentally ill in the country and he's talking about words they would use to describe them and the old man goes cray cray as one of them <laughs> and, and John Oliver was talking about and he was basically saying like you know like once you hear your grandmother saying something is on fleek it's totally over <laughs> I would agree with that all right uh that was enough social talk I think. I think it was pretty good. Nothing, nothing else. Nothing else at all. It's it's, no. it's a weird season right now. We may not see uh, everything. Still waiting. Our, our Houston deadline is coming up fast, and there's I've got so much to watch. Same here. Um, I'm still. I'm just wondering if we're going to get to see Star Wars early. My, I'm in the camp that says no. My gut says yes. They're not going to. They're not going to do that. Plus, besides, it's coming out like it's already hitting two days early in Asia anyway. So, what difference does it make if some jackasses here in the states get to see it on the Tuesday before it's released? I feel like they don't screen it. I'm never going to see the movie. I've got tickets. I bought some tickets for Draft House because I want the pint glass that they're selling with it. Dude, anything fucking Mondo touches. Oh, we didn't talk about the Mondo sale that I got screwed on. Yeah. Not screwed, but just I You you got Mondoed. I I uh I didn't realize the scope of it. It was my first Mondo Black Friday sale. I think it might have been the first one. It they was did. the first one, yeah. And I was out shopping and when it came time to to look at it and it was I was amazed at the, all the shit they were offering. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. And then there came up this Tyler Stout Star Wars stuff that's been sold out since like 2010. Yeah. And goes for huge money online, was available. I was like, oh, fuck. And that was by the time I scrolled to like page five or whenever, wherever it was in the S's. And I tried to buy it and the cart crashed. And Man, I saw something on sale that I paid more. Like it was on sale for – like le- like more than half of what I paid for it a couple months ago, you and I was, just, you can just... I was just, it was a Scott Pilgrim <laughs> poster that I paid that it, it was I think it was on sale on the Black Friday thing for forty five dollars. The saga of that fucking star, uh, Scott Pilgrim poster for you. I know. Yeah, so I got I got burned out of that, but the not burned, but I just wasn't prepared. If I had known the Star Wars stuff would have been available. I would have skipped. Well, they didn't. They didn't say it was just like we've got like four hundred posters. Yeah. That we're gonna put up and and Can yeah. You, um. But yeah. So the Mondo does uh, is doing. I believe Mondo's doing it. Uh, a pint glass for the Force Awakens, 
And those things go for huge bucks online afterwards, of course. Um, but I got to the Back to, Back to the Future ones when they did the Back to the Future 2 screening. Sweet. Anyway, on that note, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to this Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.